listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Not as bad as some of the other ones. All like, the like, all the like citrus ones are usually like oak bearable, but it's like when you get like double hopped up IPA, it, it tastes <laughs> yeah. tastes like a tree. Yeah, this is one of the citrus ones. So yeah, you're right. People Not as bad want, as the others. People want all that, all those hops in their beer, and I just never have understood that. They no. are screaming out in help. They just want to feel something in their lives. <laughs> they just want to feel something. They just want to feel something. Anyone who tells you they love IPAs is lying, and they're it desperately t- in need of help. All of them taste like pine saw smells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm it's not- so bad. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's up? Episode One Take Podcast, episode 107 uh oh yeah oh yeah. yeah still going still going strong <laughs> almost we are like uh, almost a hundred episodes removed not quite but we we're like 75 episodes removed from when we did the last robert eggers movie <laughs> <at> the <lighthouse. laughs> i went back and i was like oh let me just listen to these takes one we're all over the place but two <laughs> nothing's changed but two it was like episode 25 we did the lighthouse I think that was I the first time we had Caitlin on. Second I time. can't believe y'all did an episode like The Lighthouse in the first 25 episodes. That's that is not the most accessible movie. Bro, we were trying to do anything at that point. That was like deep in the pandemic. Deep in the pandemic, none of us had seen it. It just came to streaming. And so no one had seen it. Like 17 people had seen it at the movie theater. And they all said it was amazing. And yeah. they all fucking lied. They're they all fucking lied. liars. They're all liars. <laughs> so yeah, if you can't tell, we're talking about Robert Eggers' new movie, a better movie, The Northman. So much better. Oh my god, we much better. There, this yeah. movie is so much better than The Lighthouse. Fuck what anybody says. Film nerds will tell you and lie and tell you that uh, it goes like The Northman, or it goes Lighthouse, The Northman, The Witch, or something in that order. But we're here on the One Take Podcast to give you right and accurate takes. Tell you the tracks true. Yeah. <laughs> the witch is fire, but it is not better than this movie. This is the best Robert Eggers movie. I've never seen The Witch, and I don't know if I ever It will. is it fucking sounds, fire. It is it phenomenal. sounds very fucked up. It is, it is phenomenal. It is very fucked up in the very most Robert Eggers way, but it is way more like it's a horror movie, kind of. So it's just a thriller. So it's just way more entertaining that just based on merit than the lighthouse ever was. Um not hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> So I feel like there's a good movie in the lighthouse and I see why people like it, but 
literally i don't understand anything that they're saying and it's not one of those movies where the plot is simple enough to where you don't have to care what they're saying like the tragedy of macbeth is in shakespearean english but you know the story it's a very simple story so like he's getting Denzel's getting his bars off he looks great you don't actually care what he says because you know what he feels in the lighthouse you don't know what the fuck is going on so you really have to hear this dialogue and it's in a dialect it's in a language that basically you don't understand so it's like but I don't know what they're saying. I have no idea what's happening between these people. And I know I'm supposed to be laughing. It's supposed to be funny. But the dialogues, the, the jokes are on the dialogue. And I don't understand the dialogue. So and the then movie. all the humor that you can, like, see physically, you're like, this is just weird, bro. Like, I don't They're know. yelling and farting and pissing and shitting and coming on each other. That movie you is got some fart, You got some fart jokes in this movie as well. Of course, the yeah. Robert Eggers will throw a fart joke in there. Yeah. Um, lot of, uh, lots, to, lots to talk about with this movie. Plus, we're going to do... Uh, top movie uh, characters with the best hands. Take that however you want it. But a fat, this is going to be an amazing draft. Um, the Northman, uh, a lot of weird opinions going around about why this movie matters, why it, it matters doesn't matter. Cine- yeah, why it doesn't matter for cinema, why this matters for a filmmaker like Robert Eggers and filmmakers in general and the studio system and blah. it is us <laughs> that boy nice enjoyers <laughs> it, watching this movie literally um, no advanced stats will be discussed on this podcast it is all eye test <laughs> pure <laughs> eye test <laughs> that yeah. boy hooper is the only thing that you're going to hear all this podcast about Robert Eggers. We're not going to My son Amleth is hoping. Real hoping. <laughs> he got it out the mud. He <laughs> may take 85 shots, but let me tell you what, he's coming away with the W <laughs> and at least 65 points. Um, Killer instinct, clutch factor. <laughs> yeah. Um, the opposite of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, the Northman <laughs> Damn. comes out. Came out uh, literally this week. When you're listening to this, it'll, it'll be out for two weeks. Uh, rated R movie, two hours, 16 minutes long, which is just awesome. Thank God, because there is an eight-hour cut of this movie somewhere. You can just tell. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that, too. Uh, I need it. It is, has a 7.9 right now on IMDb. Uh, the audiences on this website actually like it. Popularity one, uh, trending number one right now. From visionary director Robert Eggers comes the Northman, an action-filled epic that follows a young Viking prince on his quest to avenge his father's murder. It's Hamlet. Um, this yeah, movie is it Hamlet. is Hamlet. Can, yeah. you, can anybody tell me a director that you would not uh, identify with the word visionary? Because I'm so sick of that buzzword. <laughs> you say, and I love Robert Eggers. I'm not sitting on Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers is amazing. But what, like, what the fuck does that mean? Every every director is visionary when they write those little blurbs. I just need them to use some different words. Like we've we've heard them yeah. all, we've seen them all. Let's just vary our language a little bit, guys. Like, come on, bros. I feel like this always happens with like just every genre of thing. Like I work for a staffing company, and we're talking about like oil and gas companies all the time. So every oil and gas company is like a dynamic leader. <laughs> in the industry <laughs> we don't have a single client that's not a dynamic leader in the oil and gas industry <laughs> there are no a, trend, a trendsetter yeah there are no non-visionary directors there are no non-dynamic oil and gas companies oh. like, you know it is what it is nasty um, industry we <laughs> uh let's see i you know 
whoever directed some of those early uh, Marvel films. <laughs> not a visionary. They were not visionary. Not visionary. You're not <laughs> fucking with Kenneth Branagh, bro. You don't see the Kenneth Branagh. Not in those Thor movies. You remember that? Did y'all see that tweet that went semi-viral this week? Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Like, uh, where he's like, uh, Thor one and two. Thor or, one and like, two are actually good, and like whatever that. Taika Waititi is doing is actually bad and wrong. Hey guys, and everybody I know was that, like, what the fuck? Are you I know that we all want to be different online, and sometimes we want to drop a drop a spicy take. I understand. We've all been there, but we don't have to lie. You don't like Thor one and two better than you like Thor three. There's no, that's not a thing. It's not possible. Uh, actually, the actor who plays Thor quite literally went to Marvel and said, This character stinks. He needs to be more like this. And they made the character more like that. Like, that's how we got Thor three. And everyone loved so it. So, what, what, what are we talking We don't have to lie, guys. Okay. I mean, Thor one and two aren't, aren't that great. It's okay. We still love our Marvel overlords. It's just we have to be honest about the past products. Let me tell you. Um about Thor 2 I, I raided my parents blu-ray closet that they had just tons of blu-rays I raided it took they don't watch them took all of them I nearly left Thor 2 I just was like I don't, <laughs> no, I don't want this anywhere near my house I don't need this in my house bad <laughs> vibes like they don't have the original Thor which I like I okay it's fine but like I didn't it was Thor 2 Dark World I was like oh what like this this one yeah anyway <laughs> speaking of Vikings the Northmen um yeah, speaking of uh, Norse mythology. Yeah, Norse mythology. Uh, has an 83 meta score, written and directed by Robert Eggers, also written by a man named uh, Sean, um, who direct, who wrote y'all's favorite movie of the year, of last year, Lamb. Uh, I'm glad no he didn't have that. too that much of sense. a hand in, in this film. You can yeah, tell. There was no <laughs> Lamb. This film was not Lammy at all, which I am appreciative of. <laughs> Taste Lammy. It doesn't um, me at all. It stars uh, a host of, of known people now. Alexander, not A-list stars, but Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, who A-list in her own right. Um, Klaus Bang, who is uh, a... He's the villain, right? Yeah, well, he's the uncle. He plays Phil Nor the, uh, the Brotherless, which is an incredible yes, name. Yes. Incredible uh, name. By the way, Alexander Skarsgård plays a guy literally named Amleth, which is just yeah. Hamlet rewarded. Um, which is just LeBron James. This is who yeah. this film is about. He's built yeah. like LeBron James. This is LeBron, LeBron James, James Josh Allen. <laughs> like, this is some shit over, over here. And yeah. I know that we do that a lot on this podcast, guys. We compare everything to sports, but this movie is actually sports. Like We Impossible didn't, we didn't put this to. in here. They yeah. have a pregame every there's like literally a pregame huddle. Like this is actually sports. <laughs> we didn't do that to this movie. Robert Eggers did that to this. If movie. you're a sports fan, you'll come out of this thinking like <laughs> that was like a football game. Uh, <laughs> Klaus Bang is a is a Danish actor who who is known for a few things um that have kind of crossed over to film nerds, mainly like the square and uh he was in another remake of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. But it also has Ethan Hawke. Uh, the god the god he's in this movie for five minutes because he had to go film whatever moon, moon night is. uh ugh. that uh, nonsense we yeah uh, we he we all we lost on that we could have had him another 10 minutes into this film and we would have been better off than having again there's a director's cut where he's like howling you see like his, a you see his whole childhood basically yeah. you see like he's just hanging with dad for like 35 minutes yeah. there's a cut of the movie but there that exists there's sure. definitely a cut of this film where like the willem dafoe thing happens on screen 
<laughs> it takes like 45 minutes mm-hmm. of setup and then all that's the, absolutely true yeah that's there's true. definitely somewhere the studio was like okay we don't we can't do this <laughs> <laughs> anya taylor joy who is um in her own right now a star uh as well queen and, like sad next yep and then this Willem is the Div- chess lady right this, yeah this is yeah. the chess lady right okay okay i knew yeah. this is chess lady is chess hot that's we all had that conversation um and then willem this, defoe was in this movie for five minutes before he was contractually obligated to put uh tom holland through like 15 floors in a movie. and we won in that exchange we won we did win in that exchange. We got that. yeah we got that that's one for also, them one for me this is anya taylor joyce's uh second uh movie with eggers because she's also in the witch she's just yeah. uh, one of the characters yeah in the witch. i found out that was her first film ever yep. like yep i didn't yep. realize that she was the only one who didn't have a hard time on set. Everybody's like, well, he's so demanding. This is a very hard movie to shoot. And she was just like, I had a fucking great time. What are you guys talking about? I'm doing it again. Sign me up. Um, let's see. So this movie, uh, a lot has been made about. Oh, we talked about this last week at, at length about the box office compared to known IP and what that means in a post-pandemic world. Um, it's kind of exhausting at this point, but it, it we can't say enough it does help when these movies make money like it just does um it has made 23 million worldwide on a on a budget of about it, dex you found 70 million there was something that was reported 90 million so after tax incentives like 70 yeah like 70 to 75 million yeah um yeah overseas it, it did well when it opened but it's made 12 million dollars in its first weekend uh, at the box office here, that's good for like third behind Sonic 2 in its second week and uh, The Bad Guys, another animated film. And this is obviously a much, much, much larger endeavor than his past movies, which if you have not seen them, guys, are very small. Uh, yeah. They're amazing, but like you could tell they're made independently and they, were, they do not cost a lot of money. It's a lot of practical effects. They do not cost a lot of money. That is not why you come to see Robert Eggers' movie. So this is a very, he's playing in a very different sport here by making a movie that's at least $70 million. That's that's very different for him. Yeah, The Lighthouse had like three sets that they used and that was it. And yeah. then this is like all the money went towards the world. The, all the money went towards that amazing, oh, you finally get to see inside the lighthouse. There are lights up here. That's where all that money went on the lighthouse. It was a whole budget. It was in Mermaid's. The lighthouse went to the lighthouse budget went to the lighthouse. Um, <laughs> yeah, this has an eighty nine percent credit score on on IMDb, a sixty seven percent audience score, which is strange. I figured audiences would like this a lot more, but it's probably a bunch of people being like, "This isn't what I signed up for for Robert Eggers." But um, <laughs> a bloody revenge epic and breathtaking visual marvel. The Northman finds filmmaker Robert Eggers expanding his scope without sacrificing any of his signature style. And I pretty much, I pretty much agree with that. Uh, Dex, too. you had a good point on the, um, in the group message about why this movie will probably make its money back. I kind of have faith that as more people, they said, oh, we put a lot of money into the budget of it, like into the marketing of this. But it's also like not, I think Comcast it owns Focus Features. So who does Comcast, is WB, is that Comcast? No, I think they're separate. Like, okay, Comcast is one of the other big. Yeah, like, I forget entities. I for, yeah, I forget who who Comcast owns, but Focus might be Features, NBC. Yeah, but 
Focus Features is sort of a quote unquote independent studio under that huge umbrella, mm-hmm. but it's still mm-hmm. a big studio. You said, so I have faith that like it will make its money back, but you said this is a good exercise in that you can't like immediately throw somebody up to the big leagues kind yeah, of. Yeah. Like you can't. So Robert Eggers, like we mentioned, it's other two, he's done two films before this the lighthouse and the witch, both are very small budget, like indie films made for like film nerds who are just like super into this shit. Like, I think they made decent money for what their budget was, but it wasn't like anything crazy. You can't just take some, like pluck someone from that and be like, okay, you've made all these niche art house movies. We're going to give you a little bit more money and we're going to give you some B-list stars. You know, not, we're not giving you Tom Cruise, not giving you Leo, we're giving you Alexander Skarsgård and we're going to get box office, like blockbuster results. Like, no, it's not going to happen like that. You like, are you going to have to give them way more money? Like it's not a hundred, hundred fifty million dollar budget. It's not one of those things. Or you're going to have to give him a A-list star that's going to put acid in seats. Like Alexander Skarsgård, like people who know who he is, love him. He's one of those like, you know, ball kind of actors, <laughs> but he's not like, you know, like regular people are talking about like, oh, Alexander Skarsgård. Like, oh, I love him. Oh, he's so great. Like, you're not having a regular conversation on the street about Alexander Skarsgård. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... You, you saw you him gotta, pretty little eyes. So Alexander Skarsgård is Monte Morris. It's like, you, if you know who Monte <laughs> Morris is, you watch some basketball. Yeah. Alexander Skarsgård, he's your, uh, your Herb Jones, his first team all-rookie. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's one of those dudes. Or like, even pre-draft, when people are like, oh, Scotty Barnes, you gotta be up on Scotty Barnes. It's like, well, wouldn't nobody watch nobody on fucking Scotty Barnes? I watch a Kay Cunningham cooking the tournament. I watch Jalen Suggs in the final four. You know what I'm saying? I ain't watched the fucking Scotty Barnes. This is like, another one of those like Pretty Little Lies was a moment for him. He uh, he wins a he, he wins an Emmy. Uh, he has a weird thing with Nicole Kidman, which we can talk about. It continues uh, to be weird in this movie. Yes. Y'all left out his most iconic character. He was the True Blood. Bill from True Blood. Yeah, <laughs> boo. Um, <laughs> yeah, True, I've never True Blood's seen not True good. Blood. True Blood's not good. But he was that show was a banger. A lot of people. Yeah, every of every woman in America was watching that show. Um, but yeah, he. So there, it felt like his star was going up, and obviously he talked. The reason this gets made is because he has a little bit of pull. Like, but there has been dozens of times it feels like now that we're like, is Alexander Skarsgård like? He looks the part. Like he's handsome. He's the he's the most ripped person I've ever seen in any movie ever. He was very. He's built like an NFL movie. linebacker in this yeah. movie. He is fucking massive. He is hulking. Yeah. And so it feels like, oh, is he going to be the thing? Well, not enough because I, to compare it to some other things, Dex, that you said, like the Rock Hercules movie in the 2016 is a different time, but the Rock Hercules movie still made $250 million at the box. That's office. insane. That's yeah. insane. And so, nobody even likes that movie. <laughs> and it's not good. That's people don't, insane. People don't really like The Revenant. The Revenant for a period piece movie that doesn't have really any action in it, except for a few set pieces still made $500 million off the back. That's of Leo. insane. Uh, this movie is a hundred times better than the revenant. Yeah. But it's like, you're right. Like there's no movie star at the center of this movie. Then you have a B list actor who is probably the perfect guy for the role, but not the perfect guy to go market the film on the back of. 
Yeah. That sucks, yeah. man. That so either sucks. either you're gonna have to get a star director who we all like is widely known. Like Robert Eggers is, you know, beloved in the like niche like art house circles, but he's not a household name. He's like a, a he's like a middle relief pitcher that when your guy when they <laughs> trade for him at the trade deadline, they're like, kind of like oh, oh okay. this is gonna put us over the top. <laughs> <laughs> or you gotta have a super high budget, like you know, Marvel's putting out movies that cost like two hundred million dollars. You're not gonna come out here and you know beat these movies with a seventy million dollar budget unless you have an A-list star or an A-list director. They just didn't have it, which like it's still a good movie. I'm glad it got made. There's space in the game for all this kind of stuff. But. Yeah, I think, I think though too, um, you can take a, a person like Eggers will never do anything because he's. We can talk about him too. He's kind of a just he's self aware of how much of a weirdo he is, um, and how much of a film nerd he is too. He'll never make like a Marvel movie. Like you can take somebody like Taika Waititi who is making these smaller indie projects. And then you can put them in a Marvel movie or in charge yeah. of a Marvel movie. They did that it with Chloe Zhao. Because that you have the is, stars there and you've got the, the machine. budget there. That is the machine yep. that like, oh, and let's try to put your whatever spin on this. Don't go too crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. you can't, to, to give somebody, oh, well, here's $75 million, make your passion project. It's it, it I don't know how much that happens anymore. Like the last big year that we had that was like a decade ago in like 2012 when we had all these movies that felt like passion projects from these pretty acclaimed directors. Getting the the Marvel like director spot, it's kind of like getting a Drake feature in rap. It's like you know <laughs> this is your this is your moment to shine in front of the masses. Make a don't name fuck for it yourself. up. Yeah, don't fuck this up. You get don't be got on, and be little baby. You got on the Drake like. You got on the Drake album. This is the most valuable real estate in music. Like everyone's going to listen to your shit right now. You can come out here and you can be like Skepta or you can come out here. You can be like Lil Baby. You know what I'm saying? Like this is your time. Do something. Don't, don't be McConan. Don't be Blockboy <laughs> JB. Be the Migos. Yeah, be the Migos. <laughs> Take it and run with it. And then go back and do your shit. Uh, we, uh, we were talking about this at length, but I just I find it so fascinating, this whole conversation. And it's almost like a completely separate podcast. But Tej, do you have anything else that you want to add to that? So I, I, whenever we're doing this podcast, I always try to, we talk a lot. We care about the business of movies. We care about the, the way that movies are made, maybe more than somebody who just wants to hear about the movie. But I do think that this is the most, like the, the, the backing of this movie and the story of this movie actually really matters to your experience of the movie. So it's marketed. You see the trailer and it looks like, oh, they're Vikings. He's got to get revenge. But there's going to be like a big epic fight at the end, probably like a, a, a war, probably like something that looks like a war, something that looks like Game yeah. of Thrones. And then you realize early on into this movie, this is really the story of like a very insular family because he, not to spoil the movie, but the character has a kingdom, uh, which is taken from him when his, when his dad is killed. That's what he has to avenge. But the if kingdom you isn't watch even Lion King. This movie has been yes, it's the same thing. But the, except for in the Lion King, the kingdom is actually still up for grabs. Like when Simba yeah. kills Scar, he's going to be king. In this movie, they tell you early on the guy that killed the king is not the king anymore. So now it's really just a straight revenge story. It's not about I have to get my home back. I have to save my people. Like Simba, it's literally just boiled down to the only thing that will drive me here is revenge. And it's like that part of it is so cool because. 
you you market this as you're going to see the Super Bowl. This is going to be a blockbuster, but really this is a Robert Eggers movie through and through. It is a, it is it is small in its scope. It is very it zooms in on some very very dark shit. And in yep. the first couple, uh, literally the first couple scenes of this movie, you realize you're watching a Robert Eggers movie. It's the same style. It's the same way that he presents his movies. So you're you're already okay. We were scared of the studio interference thing, or maybe we were scared of not enough studio interference because he was saying how hard the process has been because his movies have been so small. There's really no oversight to what he's going to make. He goes and he makes the movie he wants to make, and then they they they, they distribute the movie. Yes, they're not testing it for audiences. It's weird and super creepy. Like I I can't show you parts of this. I have to show you this as a whole. So obviously this is a new experience for him to be able to make a movie where you're having oversight at different steps. Hey, we want to know what this is like. So that scared me a bit, but obviously we will never know how much of this movie is his movie. But to me, it felt like an extremely very Robert Eggers movie. Just somebody gave him more money. The, the movie is about revenge on the surface, but really it's a, it's a story about fate. It's a story about what your fate is, about seeing these signposts in the universe or in the world or through religion that things are, are about to happen to you. And that's what the whole movie is about. And not only the main characters experiencing it, so is the side characters. So is the, uh, the, the quote unquote villain. All of a sudden you realize maybe there is no quote unquote villain of this story because the way that our character sees the world isn't actually the way that the world is but he's already on the train to fate. And the movie is really about everybody seeing their fates in different ways and reacting to it in different ways. But on the surface of it, it's a Super Bowl. It is a big <laughs> fight. It is athletics. There is a pregame huddle. There is an amazing uh, one-shot sequence where they're doing a raid, which is you're so close to it. And it's in one shot. It's like, this is all practical. There isn't a stunt person that you could, I couldn't see a stunt person. Like this is Skarsgård doing all this shit. He's actually climbing fucking he's climbing buildings with an axe and just getting up and just being swole <laughs> and beating it like it, it is it is a sight to behold so there is that action part of it there to where it's like if you came to see a blockbuster i'll show you a fucking blockbuster but the other half of the movie is just weird robert eggers putting people in weird costumes and reading them their fate in really weird tones or really weird language Speaking and it's gonna look like a ghost religios- religiosity and, and, and like and they're just gonna they're gonna linger on the on a dead body for a little bit too long like this is how Robert Eggers makes his movies. And he so loves I making was... people bark like dogs. That's just his shit. <laughs> oh, he loves animals. There's always animals involved. Like, so there's there's a lot of this that is like, okay, Robert Eggers got to actually make his movie, but a blockbuster version of that, which is just a cool science experiment. But maybe Dex is right. If you don't have the movie star, and this is not IP, even though it's the most original story of all time, it's the oldest story that we as humans know, right? Like, this is one of the oldest stories ever, just research you know repurpose in another way but it's not ip it's not recognized by ip we don't have the best movie star but this person is probably no who else is that big so, so like he's he's not only tall he is swole as hell like i mean he, he looks, looks like brian he looks like he looks like a literal viking it, it, yeah. it is bananas. it's insane and, and, and also robert eggers is always into this very just just so he wants to be as real as he can possibly be so in the way that these certain customs are happening behind it and the way that this stuff looks all of the research and all the stuff is going into i want this to be as historically accurate as i can possibly make it and to the point where it gets very annoying for people to deal with in the in the movie studios and on the cast he's not an easy director to work for because he's very demanding he wants to get the movie that he wants that he has in his head onto the screen so like he's a very demanding director but it really did feel like he got his actual vision in a blockbuster way which was just the coolest thing in the world for me to see 
And uh, it, it, you, do you want to give it a letter grade? Because I felt like a review. But do you have anything else? I'm, just, I'm just... going. I'm going A. I I, I loved it. I, I was fascinated by it. And it's just so weird to see a Robert Eggers movie trying to a hundred times bigger than you're used to. It's just you see the same style. It's the same director, but it's like completely something of its own. It's something that yeah. doesn't. There's no other blockbuster that's going to do the things that Eggers does and there's also no other Eggers movie that's going to do the things that this movie can do because of the budget and so this might be a movie that we can never see again yeah so it was cool for it to exist knowing that he's going to go back down and make some smaller movies again it was cool yeah yeah Dex I'll, I'll, I'll mind if I go because I know I'm going yeah, to go ahead. last but I I have a, I've, I wrote a blog about um sword and sandals epics about the uh, last duel which was kind of the last sort of movie that we had like this and obviously it tanked and that was sort of the studio's fault in general and COVID and and, and that had it. movie stars in it and that had movie and, stars and, in it. and a top director yeah so so my take was that like I it, it is Dex I, I agree more and more with your point that it is indicative of like if this if this story had because people are kind of obsessed with vikings maybe right now but maybe a little bit maybe he missed the mark by about like two years three years because that viking show was a huge show on yep. uh history channel and a show that i actually pretty it, i really enjoyed for a lot of it but um it, it 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 feels more it feels really indicative of where we are with sort of these period piece sword and sandals epics is that is that like it, it it doesn't put asses in the seats like it used to like and i know maybe if you have a star like if this is leo and leo is swole for some reason like he doesn't have the dad bod anymore <laughs> he's in there and he's in there and he's doing the whole thing like yeah maybe like maybe this is huge yeah maybe this movie's huge maybe but like we said like uh the last duel tanked and and i kind of i kind of had this thing where it feels like it's indicative of where we are with this genre and you said that we may not get something like this again and all that to say it is hard to even pigeonhole this into the sword and sandals thing because because like oh the, the closest i could probably even put it to was like braveheart and even that is more accessible than what this movie is this movie is extremely accessible for what it is um because at the heart it's it's hamlet it's a revenge tale um which is a, a pretty accessible thing for anybody like uh but it it still deals with just brutality in a way that i haven't seen in a long time it yeah. deals with sort of this weird religiosity like I said, at the heart of it, this, this sort of searching for meaning in, 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 in your place and what does it mean to actually enact revenge? And it has a lot of 3D characters. There's no, truly, there's like no like real super villain at the, at the heart of it or anything like that. Nope. It, it, it has a lot of, has a lot of gray areas and you don't see that with these sort of sword and sandals I keep saying that, but these, these epic scale movies, uh, period piece movies that we used to get, like, like, uh, gladiator, for example, like mm -hmm. Joaquin mm -hmm. Phoenix is the worst person in the world. Yeah. And, there's yeah. a clear, easy, good, good guy, bad guy. Like yeah. we know who the good guy is and the bad guy is. And this movie is, you're right. It's, it's much more complicated than that. We're kind of interrogating a different thing than 
the guy that we're following is the good guy. You're yeah. just like, well, it's a matter of perspective. Who knows who the good guy is? Yeah. Even before the twist, it's still like, ooh, our hero is kind of ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of just slaughtering people. He you know kind of I mean? sucks. <laughs> so it it really is like a, a, a truly original film in that it it tries something with a not an original con people keep calling it an original concept original concept nah. it's not it's the oldest concept in the book and <laughs> and he said oh even eggers was like even eggers was like oh and doing my research for this you know i love the you know love the story of like hamlet which is lion king but i wanted to make a story about amlet and you're like come on dude. i wanted to make a story about the original original and you're like okay you know like, whatever but um it 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 does feel like almost the perfect balance of of studio interference and creative vision and that's a weird thing to say because everybody like on Twitter will be like, Oh, studio studios just interfere with, with directors. And, and they really, they really mess something up. If you watch this movie, you can tell that it was like, somebody got in his ear and was like, dude, we paid you $70 million. Please cut some of this shit out. And it works. I think <laughs> yeah. it works. It literally, it really works. It you can tell there were it. moments where they had to rein him in because left to his own devices, you're going to get the whole movie that's in, uh, old English that nobody understands. That's that's what <laughs> happens when does, nobody's standing over you to say, hey, maybe that's not the best decision in terms of making a movie marketable. Or entertaining, at least. Yes, like, yeah. yes, maybe we should, like, have a little bit of that, but also, and there's some of that in this movie. There's some language stuff, but it's always translated. It's always, like, a couple lines, but really they're speaking in very, well, it's not like there's a lot of words in this movie. It's mostly a lot of yeah, fighting, but of to the extent that they are talking, especially in like the more supernatural layers of the movie when they're doing more of the talking, it is in language you can understand. And it, it, it's about high level concepts, about fate, about life or death, about, uh, you know, what it means to be alive and, and what it means to choose your own destiny or if that's something that a human could even do. It's interrogating these very complex things, but it's in words that you literally understand, which is the way that, which is a movie studio saying, make people understand the movie. Perfect, perfect edit. And, and he said, he said like, in an interview with the big picture, which we go back to a lot because they get to interview these people that we don't even get to sniff. But like <laughs> the uh, he he said, oh, if I had my way, this would all be an old Norse. Like, dude, come the fuck on. Yeah, yeah. get the like, fuck see, out that, of here. That makes this a much worse movie. I can tell you right now, if that's the director's cut, well, I'm not buying that shit. I'm not yeah. watching that. Not, I don't want to see old Norse the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that would have been more like Lamb, and I don't want that shit. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so it, um, I think the writers did balance each other out because he did say in that interview as well, that Sean was like, all right, well, you need to stop being so Shakespearean in all of your language and, and going too far. Right. You know what I mean? And they kind of written it, you know, reeled it back into the middle, but you can see, we talk about the scene on this podcast, seeing the seams of where cuts and things were made. You can tell that like, he definitely didn't have final cut of this movie. And yeah. And he, you know, he, he said as much several times in the media, uh, how hard, hard it was to work within the studio. It just is him being difficult as an artist to like work with. And yeah, it's your creation. Like, I understand you put a lot of time and effort and you braved COVID to do this entire thing, but it's also like, man, like we don't get these entertaining and thought provoking movies anymore. 
you just don't you just don't have it and so it's either massive entertainment yep or it's way thought-provoking and weird no entertainment whatsoever <laughs> and no, and you're just like oh you leave it feeling weird and like yeah that movie's called power of the dog <laughs> yeah. drive my car yeah so, so many <laughs> thoughts provoked very little entertainment <laughs> so many thoughts provoked so i love this i love this middle ground that they that they did find here and you can tell like that they cut a bunch of stuff out they're like they're like riding horses and stuff like a like it's lord of the rings at some point like in these massive landscapes and you can kind of feel like hey add some like sweeping landscape shots which he, it was I it looked do. like it was cold and wet every it, scene that they were in this had to be a bit of film it could not have been fun being i'm going i'm going long and i wanted to touch on that in my review it looked like he was <laughs> asked to film this movie they're in the mud <laughs> and the rain it looks terrible everything's like one shot so you know if they mess up they gotta start over again like yeah oh, bro this it could was, not have been an easy thing this yeah, <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård's shirtless the entire time. You know he had he he had a terrible time making this movie. Um, he's on crazy steroids. Like it's bro. Religion. Now that I'm thinking about it, like that one take of the raid scene where he's like slam dunking dudes off a of horse <laughs> and shit. Imagine having to film that over and over because somebody else messed up, like in the take. Yeah, somebody walked through the frame that wasn't supposed to, or something like that. Oh, yeah. That had to be a hard couple weeks on set to do that one scene. It's just it, it was insane, and of course he's he kind of does one one you know one takes, but now it's like a whole bunch of action going on. He doesn't make action movies, but he it, he looked fucking great to me, so he did yeah. a good job. Um, again, I'm going long, but there, there's no like one central performance. It should be Skarsgård. He's fine. Uh, he's very physical, which is what he needed to be. Um, his his he doesn't like stir many emotions. I don't feel like. No. Just because he's so stoic, I feel like. Uh, Only really, anger. Yeah, I really liked Anya <laughs> Taylor-Joy. Uh, I said Nicole Kidman freaked me out and was weird, and I liked I liked her in this movie. Dex has opinions on that he can get to in his <laughs> review. Um, it drags sometimes at some points. Uh, you could almost, even, even though it's two hours and 15 minutes, you could still, I feel like, cut out maybe 15, 20 minutes of this movie, and it may even be better. You keep all the weird shit, but, like, I don't know. You you maybe shorten the, the the love scenes and stuff between he and Anya Taylor Joy. Just now they love each other. You know what I mean? They're gonna have a kid, but it <laughs> two yeah two kids two kids. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, not enough Ethan Hawke in this movie. I love Ethan Hawke. I think he's a treasure. He just not enough Willem Dafoe. Not enough Willem Dafoe. Love, fucking love these two guys, and they're yeah. not in the movie for a long time. So I agree. Um. So yeah, I I. I now that I'm talking about it, I really like this movie. I gave it a right? B plus on Twitter. I'm giving it an A minus. I'm bumping it up. I'm yes, going with A minus on this movie. I I would definitely kind of re rewatch this at home on like a projector or something. 1, I think thousand percent. I think Hell this is a yes. very good movie. Um, I think you should go see it if you you're into this. Uh, I think they did miss the boat on marketing Vikings like two years too late, but <laughs> you know it's fine. You're gonna have a great time. It's it's it's, it's a lot of fun. Dex, it I, was long winded by me and Tej, but go ahead. Yeah, man i I love this movie. Like, I don't. I know that there's a lot of stuff that you could be hypercritical of if you really wanted to. Like, I can understand why it has like maybe a little lower audience scores than we might have expected. Because if you really wanted to, you could be like, oh, they didn't flesh out 
you know, this part of the movie that much. I can tell Joy didn't have enough to do. Oh, I didn't um, really understand the themes of the movie. It wasn't, you know, as thematically moving as Robert Eggers' other films or whatever. It's like, I don't, I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I came here to watch some Viking violence, and that's what I got. All right. I saw fucking Alexander Skarsgård walking around with this whole of shit in the trailer carrying two tomahawks. And I was like, I want to see this man chopping people up with these fucking tomahawks. And that's exactly what I got. The I tweeted this when I first saw the movie on Thursday. If you came for some Viking vibes, the vibes are immaculate from start <laughs> to finish. You're just like, oh shit, this is some dope ass like Viking shit that feels very real, very lived in. I appreciate like all of the like the background, like shit that they're just doing in scenes, right? Like the village feels like a place people actually live all the rituals and the father and son dynamic shit feels very authentic and real, even though it's very weird and spiritual. Like, and then once you get into grown up Amleth going through his revenge tale, it's just like, this is badass. This is a fucking amazing. Teach called it like a pregame ritual or whatever for scenes. I was like in that shit, man. Like, They're gonna have to play that. <laughs> They're gonna play that at like at like every college Texas football game, game in the country. Ever. Yeah, they're just if they don't play that at Vikings games, then yeah, dude, them the Minnesota Vikings have so much material now. They just yeah. won in the content game. They could play that before <laughs> every game. The drums are going crazy. The, the dudes are literally are turning into animals. Nuts. It's just insane. I was just about to say that the drums in this movie are nuts. I saw this in Dolby. So, you know, they have like the enhanced sound and like alongside the better screen and all that shit. But like the drums in this movie, like grab you by the shoulders and shake you when you're watching this in Dolby. I was literally sitting there like doing little Wakanda shoulders, like as these drum beats are going <laughs> off, like all the like with all the fight scenes, with all the like pre-fight scenes, I was just hyped as shit. And then this is not a spoiler because it's in like trailers and like gifts and stuff that have been about this movie for months now. But my man caught a spear in midair, <laughs> turned, threw it back, and then went and climbed a wall with an axe and started killing people. I was like, I am so fucking in. All in a oneer. So he had to do that, and, and then like do made... the rest of the scene. Yeah, yeah. no cuts, no, nothing. And I that feels like something that when I saw the trailer, I was like, probably didn't want to see that in the trailer. That's like too cool. That is the most tame thing that happens in that scene. Yeah. It the is most cool as shit, thing. but it is literally the beginning. And it's like the rest of the scene, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, that's like <laughs> the inciting incident. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like that shit happened in the middle of this fight scene. That is what started this fight scene. Yeah. And it just took it up from there. But yeah, I love this movie. This is a, like, an, a little bit of an elevated, like, superhero film. Because watching Amleth do all this shit, like this is a superhero that we are witnessing, right? Like he's got I mean, he literally goes and gets like a mystical spoiler, like a mystical blade, like to yeah. He yeah. has okay, he's an he orphan an now. He's his, he's an orphan now. His family got killed in front of him and taken from him. He went off to like raise himself basically in the wilderness and become the world's greatest fighter. Wait, is he, he goes, Batman? Basically, <laughs> he goes on a mythical, like a side quest to get the mythical weapon that only the worthy can wield. <laughs> side quest. Yeah. And then after that, he just spends the rest of his life just re exacting vengeance on people and fucking people up. He beat the shit out of these, man. I, 
I loved every fucking moment of it for lit- like two hours. I was just sitting in the theater, just internally being like, beat his ass, beat his ass. And he did it every Expose fucking time. Expose him. This man put up Wilt Chamberlain numbers like in every single fight scene. It was just so dope, man. Like, you know, we talked a lot about everything everywhere all at once last episode. And we were like, you know, it teaches you a lot about like the the human condition and like, you know, the will to live and all this other stuff which is phenomenal. I wrote about that in my review of that movie. Like that's what makes movies like truly, truly good is that like they teach you something about the human condition or whatever. This movie doesn't really do that so much, but it's so much fucking fun just watching Alexander Skarsgård beat the fuck out of these people. Like in so many different ways. He's doing it with swords. He's doing it with axes. He's doing it with his bare hands. He's doing it with headbutts. Like it's just so many fucking ways to kill people and it's all amazing and the score the cinematography the like the acting all of it just kind of like keeps you locked into those moments while like all this dope ass violence is happening this is an a for me i i love this movie and i'm i'm gonna go see it again probably i really love the 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 spiritual aspects of like so obviously we know the the revenge stories on the surface but on the on, on the subsurface it is more of like he is showing up and he is the fate of all these people. They show up at this village that they're going to raid and he is their fate. He's basically their grim reaper. They, they are seeing him and his, and his cohorts and they are bringing upon the worst vengeance that you can imagine on these people just because we got to take over this little thing. That's what we do. We're Vikings. We just take shit. And they don't like, it's not like these guys are the good guys because they're showing the full Viking experience after you take over a race. Yeah. They are putting the women and children to a side. They're killing anybody who looks weak. They're setting women. They don't show women being raped. Thank God Robert Eggers didn't they do that. They let him do fire. that. But they set a kid on fire. They, they clearly made like a rape line where all the women were being lined up and they were going to be chosen. And they clearly like are showing you exactly what's going to happen. They're having like their post-game party in the locker room with the champagne. And the women, they push the women in. And it's like, oh, we know what's going to happen. We don't need to see it. Thank God they don't let Robert ever show that. They light a full house of children, women and children on, on fire. On fire. Like, just leave it there. Like, so these people are not good, but they are how we view our experience and then that is how we start and then he takes his own individual epic and now he shows up at the farm of this dude who is his ops and he's not just going to show up there and kill him that that's another director would do that he shows up at the house in the last act and now we have the big fight but it's so much cooler in the second act of this movie to where he is now showing this guy signs that his fate has now come to his shores and now he is doing stuff around and, and just causing mass chaos. He and put the thinking, fear of God in him. He that literally man. put the fear of God in him. And, and so now you get to see his religion and they don't like Christians. And so the they, way they deal with this, and it's like, this is a sign from the universe that our last days are coming. We have to make a sacrifice. Like the way that that is all playing out on top of the revenge story is just so cool. And only Robert Eggers could show you both those movies at the same time. That's why the movie works. In in a in a less patient director's hands, because that's that's something I'd probably say about it, meticulous is is one word, but like patient, I feel like is is a better word for Eggers. It, this like Ridley Scott is a is a good example of somebody that works within the studio system and makes big movies that that are that are are really good. It like in the hands of Ridley Scott, and I, and I, I don't. I don't want to talk ill of a literal legend, but like 
he, you know, he, he has, he has Amleth go and, and gain friends and, and they form this, they form uh, a merry uh, band of brothers. Yeah. They, they form this, yeah. this thing. And then they go and attack the village or yeah. he sways the group that he's already with that like, Oh, there's riches and things in them, them their hills. And, and there's a go, slave uprising yeah, together. Yeah. in <laughs> yeah. in here, here it's like, it tortures and it becomes sort of this psychological torture yeah of 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 these people instead of immediately killing him and sometimes he has performance anxiety and can't get his sword up and and (laughs) um that's a uh, (laughs) little he he couldn't he couldn't get his sword out happen happens to the best of us amleth um (laughs) he had too much to drink that night didn't get enough sleep happens um but uh, it, yeah, in the hands of a, a a bigger director or a less patient director, a more maximalist director, that that I feel like this is a different sort of yeah. The, it, 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 there's big, huge battles or uh, yeah, large scale. I mean, there's one large scale battle, but they're like there's there's even larger scale battle. You know, where they're like mm-hmm. riding at each other on horseback and like. There's chaos and everything else. Not here. There's chaos, but it's it's separated. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like more psychological and spiritual. Yeah. Uh, and these people are thinking that there are signs from the universe that's showing them that they are their fate. And it's like, no, this is just this guy. He said he's bringing nightmares. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to give them nightmares first. I'm not just going to go and show up. I'm on LeBron James. I could drop 55 at any time, but first <laughs> I'm going to do some weird shit to give them some weird mushrooms, you know, before the game so that, you know, the, the crowd's heckling them and they will be scared of the crowd heckling them because they got some mushrooms in their system. Like he is going for the full, full experience of breaking you down mentally before we even step foot in this volcano where now I got to kill you. Like he went full Lebronto on him. Like I'm going to give you just every <laughs> like turn around fade away from 30 feet away. Just cause I can, and you can't it, do shit about it. It feels like when you remember when Ed Reed was the best football player ever. <laughs> yes. I remember that. And, and he would just kind of like stalk around and all of a sudden, boom like 100 yard interception return (laughs) (laughs) or he would come over the middle and then lay somebody out and they're like where the fuck did ed reed come from that's where they saw the the replay he was literally on the other side of the field and somehow just knew i gotta get to the other side are you seeing like have you seen that like that peyton manning tells that story about how like he saw tape of ed reed doing something and so he was like, oh, I'm going to fuck him up. I'm going to do this thing because I know he's going to do that thing. And then Ed Reed like picked him off. And Ed Reed was like, I knew you would watch tape of me doing that other thing. So I did <laughs> the opposite thing. <laughs> That's what Amleth was like. Amleth was just in the huddle with Anika Taylor-Joy. Like, oh, I know they're expecting for me to pull up and just fucking just mark them. But now nah, we're going to wait. wait. Yeah, we're gonna wait. He literally <laughs> allowed himself to be placed into literal slavery just in order to get get back his ops. He he is the slave of his ops just to play the bigger game and ruin his ops life and then kill his ops. Like that is the plot of the second and third act of this movie. And it just 
it plays out in the most Robert Eggers fashion. It is beautifully shot. It is extremely scary. It is very tense. And it is, it is unflinching in what it's going to show you in these moments. But it's like, it, it's such a cool concept to have a Robert Eggers type director who is a douchebag, but has an eye that you just cannot deny. Yeah. Putting this story through the filter of his eye is just the coolest thing I've ever seen in a movie screen. It's, it's weird. so much fun. It's weird because he's super self-aware of how super douchey he comes out like and I, I hate talking ill about a bunch of directors that hopefully one day will come on this podcast but, like, <laughs> um, but it, it, he's super self-aware about like about where he being is. a weirdo being a weirdo yeah like a lot of people will be like you know like jared leto or something isn't super weird about or like he is like he does. Like, he's not a. He's not in on the joke. He doesn't. No, he's understand. not in on the joke. Yeah. And that, but like Eggers is like, yeah, I like films from like John Cassavetes and Ingmar Bergman and painters that you haven't heard of and shit like that. Like he knows he's better than you in the art <laughs> space, but like. <laughs> But at least he knows he was, it. You know what I mean? He literally like, said he's not gonna make a movie in contemporary times. They were like, Are you ever gonna do that? He was just like, No. I'm gonna what no. I don't make I don't make those. There are hundreds of directors making those. I make movies that are set in eight hundred AD. Thank you so yeah, much. I don't like y'all like that. Why would I make a movie about <laughs> there's gonna be no iPhones in a Robert Eggers movie ever? <laughs> it's not gonna happen. There may That's not be not a happen. phone in a Robert Eggers. There's gonna be movie. no technology at all except for fire in the wheel, basically. That's all you got. <laughs> um my favorite thing about Vikings, and it's prevalent throughout this movie, and this is just apropos of nothing, but it is super prevalent throughout the movie, is that uh, uh, just Vikings took mushrooms. That was just a thing that like <laughs> that everyone has embraced. And they do it in the Vikings TV series, too. It's just like, oh, why were they seeing Valhalla? Oh, they were high as shit. They, they were, were so actually high. seeing Valhalla. This was yeah. not something in their brain. <laughs> they literally looked up and saw Valhalla and said, oh, I know what how to get up there. Like, I, I know what I got to do. And also, life is so cruel as a Viking. Like, that looked like the yeah, worst bro, life of all North time. Winters, cold, you better bro. get high. You better <laughs> yeah. do something. This dude was the LeBron James of working in the field and doing slave work. He was huge as hell. He was pulling the shit. He was like, rawr. I was like, God well, damn, this dude is a, he was, you're just helping him get swole to kill you at the end because he's doing all the chores. He's doing know what's everything. Weird is that at, at that, when they are, when they take the slaves to him, they go, none of these will work. I was like, do you see the guy that looks like, <laughs> yeah. like bro, do you not fucking see the six foot nine, like Joey Bosa over here? Yeah. Like, this literal Joey, but you don't think this guy's gonna be able to rush the pass? Look at this guy. Yeah. It's like, bro, what are you, what are you doing on this farm that he can't do this shit? Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, like he can't plow a field. Are you kidding me? Yeah, there's no farm job that he can't do. He is a three tool player. Like, what did you? What did you? What were you needing that he couldn't fulfill? Like, oh, look at your weak guy. ass sons compared to this man. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you? What are you talking? Oh, these won't do. What the fuck do you mean? Yeah, you that one. I'm gonna take him. Like, what? Yeah, you need to be the Burt Reynolds of slaves and be able to look at a slave and immediately be like, <laughs> "This guy is LeBron James of slaves." He literally saw Mark Wahlberg and said, "This guy is the LeBron James of sex." I'm signing him right now. There was no kind of talent on this other Viking farm. What? What are y'all doing out there, bro? Horrible the scout. This man was about to pass up on JJ Watt just for. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't even can, remember who was drafted around JJ Watt, but like still. Yeah, you can kind of tell. Um, you can kind of tell that like the in between of the the scenes that Eggers had planned out in his mind, and like the storytelling of 
them getting to where they were going with uh, the the interplay between he and uh, Anya Taylor Joy kind of felt like it's like all right, we need to put something in here to like have them like each other and stuff like that. It just kind of felt a little rushed. Like I, I'm just trying to talk critically about the movie, but like it felt a little rushed and like the the transfer of them like having being shipwrecked on the island and stuff is you know whatever but it really does feel as like why did he have to like do a performance art piece to like get selected as a slave <laughs> pick me is it, i am with the pick me is he a, is i am he with a, the pick me slave <laughs> i um, yeah but the 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 reason this movie isn't perfect to me is just because of like the Anya Taylor Joy stuff just kind of falls off for me a little it ha- bit. It, ha- it just happens. Yeah, it's like he could have fleshed that out a little bit more. The uh, we're getting closer to spoilers here, but like there's a conversation they have towards the end of the movie when uh, Amleth decides his fate or whatever. Can we draw the spoiler line real quick? Because I got something I have to talk about that's a spoiler. We have All right, yeah. uh, spoiler, spoiler, right? All right, finish your point, Dex. Just open the open the spoiler one. Yeah, we're, we'll get into spoilers right now. Spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie, stop listening. Yeah. But when they're on the boat and he's like, oh, I got to choose between kindness to my kind or vengeance or whatever. And then he goes, oh, I'm going to choose both. I'm going to go back and I'm going to kill that dude. It's Those like fucking bars. It doesn't make sense. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, it really does. Dumb. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. You can just he go live your both. life. He, no, it's, he, kill his, when his he kids weren't going to be safe. Kill him if, when he gets to you. If the brotherless dude was, was still alive, then he's going to come over and cross your kids in front of your house. What's and he going to do? Farm them? you to death? Is he going to like... <laughs> farm you to death? He doesn't own shit. <laughs> yeah, you don't own shit. You're up in here with fucking... You and Nicole Kidman and your weak ass kid who was about to get murked before I saved his ass. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I don't know. That whole thing just didn't make sense to me. I didn't know what they were going for. I didn't feel like the character like learned anything, like any point in the movie. He just went and did what he had to do. <laughs> he said he was gonna kill old boy and killed him. And that was it. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I love that. It's fun. I'm all down for a vo- big ass volcano fight with swords. But I was like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me thematically, but I'm just here to vibe. So good vibes. I love Anya uh, Taylor Joy at this point. Like I'm 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 down for whatever she's I doing. Th- I, I thought hive. she was great. I, I thought she was hive. great. She was phenomenal. I have a big problem with the writing of this movie in one area. So I, we we've crossed the spoiler line guys. So I'm about to spoil basically the only Log thing out. you can't spoil in this movie. So don't listen. There's only really one thing you can spoil in this movie that you wouldn't guess by walking in there. Um he, so he goes in the house Nicole Kidman big moment he finally reunites with his mom oh god he tells bro. her he, hey I'm here to save you because you've been a prisoner and I know that because I saw you being taken captive and instead of being like oh yeah cool love that like and then let let you like later I can come back and kill you because I actually am in love with my captor and I was never a prisoner I actually am the one who told him to kill the, your dad and you uh, instead of telling him all that for whatever reason you could have just played it cool and you could have just killed him in his sleep or any other kind of way. Instead, you literally tell him, you are my ops now. I actually tried to get you killed. I hate you. And also, can I can I suck your dick? Like, can we can we have <laughs> sex? 
<laughs> and it was not only weird, but also just like a completely bad decision that literally directly led to the death of her and everybody she loves only because she played that so badly. Come on, she Nicole Kidman, you gotta, so you gotta, you, 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 you could not have played that worse. You made that the was... wrong decision at every turn. You played in like three different ways. In one swift doing? motion, you fucked this up like three different ways. That you had was... to be on, on your game for five minutes and you could have saved the lives of you and everybody you love and we could have got Amleth out of here. Yeah. You couldn't. Yep. What? It, it, uh, that was definitely a Edgar's cut to be like, <laughs> to be like, oh, because he's talked about it in interviews. Uh, oh, we're going to have this weird Oedipal relationship here. Uh, why? Yeah, didn't need that. But also, I mean, Alexander Skarsgård and Nicole Kidman are just meant to be together. Like, just, I was yeah, just gonna say, can, it's because you have Nicole. It's because you have Nicole Kidman on the movie set, so you have to make your character do something completely weird, and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't. We've talked about this before, and it's one of one of the funniest things we've ever come across on this uh, podcast. With shout out Derek Foltz. Um, y'all seen the you've seen the pictures, Tej, of of them at the Emmys, right? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, like, like, what are we doing? What is going on? Hey, man. Like, like they say on Facebook, don't let your husband get in the way of the love of your life. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god. What? Wait. What's what's her husband's name? Keith Urban. Keith Urban's got to get it out the mud, bro. Like you can't like. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's not going to fight Alexander Skarsgård at this point. He has point. to. He has to go get it back in blood at this point. Like, uh, he's going to go fight J.J. Watt? Like, what? <laughs> what? No. No. He's yeah. going to shoot J.J. Watt. He's gonna, <laughs> you can't fight that man. Yeah, please. Please, sir, don't fuck my wife. Please. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, uh, he's got a. Nicole Kidman was on him, too. It was very believable. Nicole Kidman was definitely like, yeah, you can take me to Poundtown right here, right now. Right we now. Get this, we get this popping literally right now. Don't worry about nothing. Like we, hey, good. if like, you kill my good. husband, you my husband now. I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can live with that. Like I'm cool with that. Is there? I don't know if y'all are like super versed in Hamlet. I'm not. Like, is there like Oedipal stuff in Hamlet? Like I can't remember. Couldn't tell you. I, I don't, don't remember, but I know there's Oedipal stuff in somewhere in Shakespeare. So it could be in that Oedipus. it is in Hamlet. It's Oedipus. Is is Oedipus of Shakespeare? Oh, I didn't know yeah. that he wrote that. Okay, see, I should but, probably have known that. My bad. But it's it like. I don't know, man. I just that like Dex, you have the thing that you said that she's bad in this movie. I come on, I, Dex. What is that she about? Freak, she freaked me out. I was like that scene, especially I was like, I was in my chair. Like, I don't feel good. Like, you didn't yeah. buy her as edible. I bought it. I, I she bought freaked it. She me out too. But I was like, I, just something about the way she was explaining all that. I was like, I just don't. I'm not into it. And like, I felt like her accent was slipping and you could, you could just hear like just Nicole Kidman talking like while she was supposed to be giving this epic, like yeah. Viking speech or whatever. Just like, oh yeah, it's Nicole Kidman from Australia. Like I hear it, yeah. but uh, I mean, she wasn't like distractingly bad or anything like that, but it's just, I've come to expect a lot from Nicole Kidman at this point. Like she's one of my favorite actresses in the game right now. And this was like, uh, a rare miss from her. She's shooting like nine of ten from the field now she, on her uh, last ten. <laughs> she continues her trend of messy white woman. Yeah. Um. The man. Yeah. That. We we talked about 
we talked about all of the sort of plot points I feel like of this, but um, we cannot go through this movie without talking about some of like, we, we, we talked about this. We've kind of skirted around saying there's a bunch of points in this movie where it's like, bro, that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> there's like, so many, <laughs> there's so many points in this movie where it's just like, we just, you, you take away the the religiosity you take away oh shit you take away the um the 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 north norse mythology you take away uh the revenge revenge plot the 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 willem dafoe skull you take away all of that and there is several times where i i i didn't tweet it i need to tweet it the uh that boy nice watcher comes in and <laughs> it is so cool some of the stuff that is in this movie especially when he fights the the zombie like it's just like yeah man will fight a zombie on like a boat underground like, yeah. it's, it's amazing I also loved how you could, when they were on the boat, I got the lighthouse vibes. And when they were in, a lot of the witch takes place in like cabins or like where animals are. There's a lot of cabins and places where animals might live in this. So like when they're on that farm, it very much feels like the witch. So I like that there was fun on the both movies and like when they're on the boat, it's just so beautiful. Uh, the way that it's filmed and the way that it's shot, but it was like I was like, this makes me feel like the lighthouse, and I don't like feeling like the lighthouse, but I appreciated it anyway in the movie. And like the they have like a field hockey scene or yeah. like early footage. <laughs> Holy or shit! I forgot like about that. that. That was insane. Yeah. <laughs> they were killing each other. They were beating that... the fuck out of everybody. I was like, what the fuck is this? How was that is dude? This? getting hit in the head and still hitting the ball with such accuracy. He was hitting those <laughs> poles from like 40 yards away on the first try. I was like, wait a second. Is, he's not going to miss. Like he's going to hit every shot after he just got hit in the head with a, a bat. Like <laughs> Kobe, I believe that. Alexander Skarsgård was going up against the Kobe Bryant of like Viking field hockey. And that was the wildest game time. ever. <laughs> we're just constantly thinning the herd. It was like we're down to three guys versus their like seventeen. I don't uh, know how we're gonna win this game. <laughs> that kid went out sad. That kid was almost dead. That, you picked the wrong fucking time to jump into a game. Mad awareness like, level zero. How would you say that kid was ten? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, bro. You know if you're watching a game and people are quite literally killing each other, that maybe I don't want to run into that game. Bro, what are you doing? You you see blood. You see people literally being killed. And this is probably not your first time watching this said game because you look like he was having a great time. Why would you run onto the field of play? He thought it was sweet out here. He's like, oh, I'm just a kid. They're not going to hurt me. I'm <laughs> sure the was... kids at the in the gladiator times were not running onto the fucking grounds when people <laughs> were down there literally killing each other with weapons. I'm sure the kids were like, yeah, dad, let me get close to LeBron James and get his autograph right now when he has a spear in his hand. What you know what it looked about? like? It looked like the most extreme version of what just happened in Minnesota with that woman. Oh, the protesters. Yeah. <laughs> Where I was like, this woman like tried to like run onto the court and protest. And like, even before she touched the court, like so a security guard was tackling her already and like putting her face down in the court. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to this kid. <laughs> was was that half Thor uh, Bjornsson? The guy that played the mountain? It might have been. I don't think it was though. He's in this movie. Dude, I, I wouldn't. Oh, maybe that had to be him. Then he was fucking massive. He was huge. Yeah. He's he, in this movie. 
the way that it's shot to the, the kid runs in on the end of the shot, but the way it's being shot, you don't see that the kid is running onto the field. So you're just watching the murder game. And all of a sudden the sh- it switches the shot and the kid is right there. And you're like, Oh shit. That gets no. <laughs> no, it's not safe out here. Fam. You don't want to be out here. <laughs> I literally almost jumped up in the movie theater. Cause it was like, Oh shit. That kid should not be there. That's the They're going to fuck this child be. up. And they really did bro. Man. One thing that I learned like from playing peewee football with helmets, like I've definitely been concussed several times from playing football too early, but I learned really quickly to not run onto a field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This kid did not learn that lesson until, you know, he was uh, staring up at the sky and asking his mom if they won the game, yeah. which and, I do not uh, think they won the game unless it's that's a- why I don't, I don't understand these protesters, especially the ones that do it at NFL games. Have you watched the NFL? Have you seen what's happening on this field? These people are tackling people as trade. They do this for a living. You're going to run onto that field. They, they do this for a living. You are going to be the easiest target they have all day. I'm going to get, I'm going to like get this hit. And I'm going to be a fucking folk hero in the locker room. Don't run onto like, the NFL field. Even if like the players don't hit you, the security guard has been waiting on this moment their whole career. <laughs> Dude, like this is what they <laughs> this is what they talk about on their breaks. Like I've been waiting, baby. I've been waiting. This is like they're waiting the for the room. day that they get to tackle somebody on live TV. This is the highlight of their job. They will never forget about it. It is their Super Bowl. Don't give them the moment. You're going to don't get exposed out there, lady. The moment. <laughs> Come on, Kathy, Betty. Don't get out there. Sit, sit your ass in the crowd, please. There's a better way for you to get off your protest about uh, chicken farms or whatever you're mad about. I promise. Uh, you do not have the, the sideways movement speed to be able to evade Tyrone, who's been practicing for this moment for two years now as he's had this job. He's been waiting for this. They're, they're, they're sitting they're, on the, in the break room on TikTok just watching <laughs> – security guards tackle it. other people there's a security guard just doing just doing the hand drills just, just <laughs> tackling dummies yeah tackling just shooting the hands <laughs> they're back there doing the Oklahoma drill before the game starts guys don't get out there against these security guards please reaction time crazy like they're doing all this like tennis ball shit like, oh they... my god they're juggling the tennis balls like in miracle they're just like <laughs> Um, but yeah, also, is this game like uh, Quidditch where there's just an unrelated thing happening where you can win the game? Like, can you just kill all your opponents and then you win no matter what the score is? It seems I like it because he headbutted him to death. Who <laughs> <laughs> That man is dead. It is yeah. a wrap for him. <laughs> you think the other tribesmen's like, your slave killed my slave. <laughs> he murdered him. That was my biggest slave. Like, he did all of our work. <laughs> I, for, for the for a quick second when the game first started and I saw they were like going to hit the ball against the sticks, I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be a death match, but this is just going to be a game. And then the first guy got like hit a little bit too hard. And I was like, wait, that guy's probably dead. And it was like, oh, shit, everybody's dying. Everybody's they dying. Have a shot, they have a wide shot of like the body stacked up in a row. Yes. <laughs> Dude, the... The first thing where he swings, he hit that harder than Babe, like more accurate than Babe Ruth. Like he just like it, it had was a curb to it. I was like, "What the fuck? This guy's fucking incredible!" And we don't even acknowledge that part of his talent because everybody else is dead. Wait, are we <laughs> saying this needs to be a sport? We've talked about this for fifteen minutes. Does this need to be a sport? Whoa, key. <laughs> like if this it was, was during the shit. pandemic, I would have, I would have bet money on this. It was like 
rugby meets lacrosse meets wiffle ball. Like, it's a hardcore match. Meets a hardcore People were getting match. bludgeoned. It was insane. fucking WCW. Like this shit was <laughs> this is some ESPN2 shit for sure. Oh Easy yeah. Money. I'd watch this midday for sure. Um yeah, so the other like we talked about we talked about him fighting, maybe not fighting the where it's like, oh, it was all in his mind. Uh, fighting the zombie thing, which was incredible. Oh, it was, it was which great. Is amazing. When oh. he took the stick from him and he like woke up, I was like, oh shit, yeah. I don't want to fight this thing. I knew it was going to happen as soon as I was like, oh, they're going to fight, which is <laughs> funny in the middle of this, like, it feels like it's going to be a straightforward revenge thing. Of course, there's like weird Willem Dafoe mushroom talk going on throughout it. But there's like Bjorn talk or Bjork or whatever. Oh, name is. oh, I forgot to mention uh Bjork is in this movie. Yeah, her. Yeah, he's person. the he's the first prophet thing. He plays the first prophet that tells him, like, remember the fates and remember the destiny. Yeah, she was like, actually pretty good. Uh yeah, it's hard yeah, to understand awesome. her, but she was great. She was awesome. Um, I didn't know uh Bjork was like near 60. I didn't know <laughs> that. Okay. Um, all right. um but yeah, her return to movies for the first time in a long time. But yeah, she's she's haunting. But we talked about the zombie fight. The last thing that I want to mention, of course, this movie isn't com- completely brutal. Like he crucifies like some people and stuff like that. But uh, some of the kills in this movie are nuts. The the volcano lava fight is the coolest thing I've ever seen on screen. That was so fucking so cool. dope. Y'all, that is that studio so interference. No, that not. is studio. No, and yes, it is. There's no way that Robert Eggers wanted this movie to end in a fight in a fucking volcano when he said the gates of hell. It was probably some metaphor for hell. And then the studio was like, why don't we just make it actually just a make volcano? It the volcano. That, had, <laughs> that, somebody, was, that had to be a studio decision. But it was fucking the right the one because it was, was amazing. Like, it was so dope. What about volcano? <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about that? And he was like, I guess. And Something like, about... I He's like, no, it's supposed to be a metaphor. So they're like, yeah, but what volcano. if it was actually in a volcano? And it was cool. It was dope as hell. I'm glad that whoever did that, thank you, studio. That was the right way to end the movie. I was, I was. It was so fucking dope. I wish it went on for longer. Why didn't it go on for longer? Yeah, that's one of the few things in this movie where I'm like, yeah, they could have extended the runtime for that. Give me more. They could have made this. They could have made this the 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 revenge of the Sith between Anakin and. (laughs) And Obi Wan like light like that move that that seems like fifteen minutes long. This is like five minutes probably. Yeah, that that shit was so fucking dope, man. I don't, I don't know how you can go to this movie unless you're like, you know, queasy about like violence and stuff like that, which understandable. Fair. But it's like if you're not one of those people, I don't know how you can go to this movie and not enjoy it. Like this shit was just so fucking dope, man. They're just naked for some reason. Why are we naked? Like, we're <laughs> in the gates of hell, baby. You can't take a witch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that was that was incredible. It is also the final scene of Lion King, by the way. But uh, the other the other uh, kill in this movie that I will never stop thinking about is when uh, the the weird like housekeeper lady is about to sacrifice oh. the other chick. Holy then, shit! Yeah, and then Amph pops up. And sacrifices the dude and then just like hog ties her and just leaves her there screaming or whatever. I was like, this is 
My man is putting up numbers. Oh, my favorite line from this movie. That scene is actually, there's several scenes and I got to tell a story, uh, an anecdote about my viewing experience of this, but there, there, that scene is particularly brutal because he chops off his dick and like lets it bleed down onto her hogtied, which is yep. like, oh God. But Very nasty. When he kills the first two soldiers at night, like all the action scenes basically take place at night. And we haven't talked about like the, the use of light in this movie. It's a very dark movie, like just, just literally. It's very dark. When he whispers to them, "You're the first. Don't worry, you're the first of many." That was fucking amazing. Ah, Bars. That was the crate. That was the best line in this entire movie. When he like, opened the the gate to the slaves and said, "Do with your freedom what you will," I was like, "This is fuck. This guy's fucking incredible. This is king. this this crazy king. My yeah. king." Yeah, he said he said, "Don't worry, you're for for you're the first of many or something like that." I was that was bars. Oh that's God. the last thing they heard before they were dead. That was fucking sure. bars. Uh, I don't even remember what he said, but like there was the dude who's like nose he cut off when he was a kid, and they killed him again. I was like, "This oh, is said, so fucking." Dumb. He said he's like he's come back for the whole thing or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Oh, that was bars. Yes, oh, he, he took part of your nose. He came back to claim the rest of it. That was, <laughs> and then he stuck a sword. All the way through his head and mouth oh. and face area. <laughs> um, Incredible. While this guy is like <laughs> tripping balls on shrooms. Yeah. So fucking spike soup like the Titanic set. <laughs> anecdote about uh watching this movie. I go in this movie alone because Caitlin's working. Like she's not she's not gonna want to watch this movie. But like uh going to it you alone. Bring, could you have brought her to this movie? Like if she was free? Would she would she have enjoyed this movie? <laughs> that is a tough question because it is mostly dudes in this theater that when I go and see it, I don't know about y'all. It's this is a dude that like dudes rock movie, but like, yeah. <laughs> but like it, it, it's more than that. But it kind of it, it goes it tends that way. And Eggers is even aware of that of how like weird like Viking culture is embraced by like right wing people. That's a whole different thing. But like there is two guys who are obviously like longtime friends and i i sit down i got my i got my snacks and i'm just ready to be a movie enjoyer by myself which is the best way to enjoy a movie and then i kind of look over they're not there hit one of the guys has brought their nine-year-old son So the entire time I'm watching this movie, I am concerned for what is happening to the mental well-being of the of the child. The child can never that, go back. That it became that a, man is a that wild. Day. That is a wild decision. That that kid learned a lot about life that day. I'll tell you he that. became a man that day. <laughs> what are you doing? Like I'm That's not one insane. to tell. You, I'm not one to tell you like how to parent your kid. Obviously, like, but man, don't do that. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Definitely hire a babysitter for this one. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like, it was definitely like, oh, I got the kid for the day thing. Y'all want to go see this movie? Like, whatever. I can bring him. Yeah, we can bring him. Man, they're like, <laughs> there's like full frontal nudity in this. They're chopping off dicks. Like, well, I can tell you, there is a rape selection show in this <laughs> movie. There's quite literally a rape draft in this movie, and somebody brought their nine-year-old kid there. What are we doing? Come on, come on, parents of America. Oh my God. It was so weird. So the entire time I was like, I was like, is this kid gonna be okay? 
<laughs> he no. will be probably not but like <laughs> no he's not gonna be okay but that was my viewing experience of of the northman do y'all have anything else you want to talk about this movie before my viewing experience was my least favorite kind of viewing experience where the only people on my row i went and saw this movie by myself like the theater was like probably 75 percent packed but like the row that i was on only had me and two other people on it they were a couple on a date and mm. they you can tell they watch a lot of movies together but at home and so they were just talking to each other the entire time and like just saying plot points to each other like it was like you know oh i'm so smart for figuring out that oh they showed that guy on camera he's gonna come back oh that guy's gonna die oh the thing's gonna move when he tries to pick up the sword it's like bro this shit is so fucking obvious shut the fuck up you're not at home like if you want to watch movies like that watch them at home damn it shut the fuck up right no i um there's a good amount of people in the movie theater for this movie in xd which costs more so same know. for mine my i had a full theater which was great they they were fucking the dudes were going crazy so much yeah bro fucking dope that's cool as hell there a lot was of moments a, like that this there movie. was a tweet that people got mad at this woman and i don't know why you got mad at this woman it was basically like men being mad at a woman for suggesting that dudes can't have fun together or whatever but like it wasn't the <laughs> it, it was a tweet that said i i walked into the my screening of the northman and five guys walked down set in the front row uh, when they when it got done, they all high fived and said, "Dude, that was awesome!" Which is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But people that's were getting mad. At, yeah, people were getting mad at her, and I'm just kind of like, "No, that's accurate." I feel like that's I feel like it's pretty accurate. Yeah, we we saw this movie, and all three of us came on here to gush about it and compare it to our favorite sports stars. <laughs> like yeah. that's it's one of those movies. <laughs> Um, it is a very manly movie for sure made for men but every robert eggers movie is kind of i guess the witch is not really manly, the witch so is, is sort of a feminist but the lighthouse is made for dudes for sure oh yeah um there's a lot of stuff we didn't get to in this movie again uh the big not to push other people to a different podcast but the big picture has a really in-depth review and conversation with eggers if you're looking for like that sort of thing with with this movie um the best I can compare it to, if you're looking for it, maybe Braveheart, but even then, this is way more weird than Braveheart, uh, way more spiritual than Braveheart, and it may not make as much money because Mel Gibson was a superstar at that point. Um, which Dex, I meant to say, Braveheart, and I was telling Teej before, Braveheart like made like only like eight million in its opening weekend at the box Damn. office. Yeah, so. But it went on to make like two hundred and thirty million. Them's is sort of sort of a, actually a big, a bigger budget too. But them's is like uh, nineteen ninety five dollars. So you know what have you? Yeah, people are, a people different, are going but... in force. Um, we're gonna do uh, movie characters with the best hands. Movie characters with the best hands. Swag draft. Uh, we haven't done draft in a while. Right after this ad break from Apollo Houston. All right. Sorry to the YouTube video viewers. Uh, all seven of you. <laughs> all five of you. Thank you. Um, so, movie characters with the best hands. I'm interested to see what uh, what we say for this. Basically, I think Dex meant movie characters uh, who can fight. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> Who's got first pick? Uh, we're going to go... Let's go Dex 
Royden Tej. Thank God. I was just telling Tej I had no idea what I was going to do. My first pick's going to be there. I'm, I'm not worried about it. But yeah, I'm going to take uh, Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. Just Great because, choice. Yeah, she could not be stopped, could not be touched. She like was giving it to everybody every which way. The crazy 88, all y'all. She's chopping off heads. She's plucking out eyes. She's like swords, hands, like guns. Doesn't matter. She's cooking however you want it, whenever you want it. Yeah, untouchable, unfuckwinnable. Beat everybody ass. Go for her. Uh, my first pick is uh, I go uh, Uace, or however you pronounce his name, from uh, Yuta from the Raid. Oh, well, great one. He was giving everybody work. Everybody. Yeah. If you haven't seen those movies, uh, just go on YouTube, watch the, the supercut. It's incredible. <laughs> like, it, those movies are so fun. Yeah, it is. It is. They're some of the best action movies of of the past decade. So, yeah, from from the raid. Yuta from the raid. Uh, my pick is uh, Francis Ngannou from Jackass 3. No! He's Francis Ngannou. He is the greatest fighter in the history of film. Uh, Jackass 4, right? Jackass 4, whatever the most recent Jackass number is, Francis Ngannou is in that movie. He gives people real hands, real life, and I've seen it happen, and that's a bad man. That's my first pick. Um, my second pick, I'm going with Neo. Uh, Neo gave yeah. Morpheus the hands on his like fourth day on the job. Uh, it looked like Neo, <laughs> it looked like Morpheus had been giving people hands for years and years and decades, and Neo just after on one fight, like basically they scored the same amount of points in a finals game. So uh, <laughs> I'm going with Neo. Uh, Neo can give you all kind of work. He can work with guns. He can work with his hands. He could kick. He, he does. He learned Kung Fu in like a millisecond. And he became like that dude because everybody learns Kung Fu in a millisecond in that world. He was still beating the shit out of everybody. So I'm going with Neo. Uh, my next pick is um, one that people may not agree with, but I have seen these movies on FX a billion times. Jason Statham from uh, the Transporter movies. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't even yes. I don't even know his name in those movies. Jason Statham, Transporter movies. There's the transporter. The, the transporter. The transporter. <laughs> Him. There are like five of those movies. He is giving people the beats in every single one of them. Um, yeah. So Jason, Frank Martin, whatever. No one, no one knows, but no one knows who that is. Yeah. So the transporter from Transporter. All right, for my first, uh, my next pick, I'm going to go with Maximus from Gladiator. Uh, generational. Swag. Like, generational athlete. Y'all saw it. <laughs> we man. talked about it on this podcast. Unfuckwittable in the pit, bro. Like, nobody wanted to work. So, yeah, I mean, just every single scene in that movie, he's going insane, just giving every any and everybody the work equally. Um, and then my next pick, I'm going to go with... Wait, no, you you pick second. You don't you don't go back. No, he picked first. Yeah. Oh, he picked first. My bad. Uh I'ma go with uh I'ma just play it. I'm gonna play from the heart here. He had a he had a little bit of a down period at towards the end, but I'ma still go with T'Challa from the MCU. Because he, he gave hey, you know, he came back and then <laughs> He he gave to he gave uh Captain America the beats and Bucky the beats at the same damn time, like true 
True. He he eventually got Killmonger. You know what I'm saying? It took him, you know, had to go to OT with it, but he got him out of there. Like my man's was beating everybody ass. So I'm going with the child. <laughs> um, my next pick is who? What do I want to go with? I want to go with uh, Cal Drago from from Rocky Four. He literally killed a man with his bare with his hands. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Couldn't kill Rocky, <laughs> but he did kill. He did kill a beloved movie character, which is the craziest thing that's ever happened on screen. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go Cal Drago, Hands of Steel. Uh, I'm going with uh, Lee from Enter the Dragon. Uh, Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon. His character, he's just he is beating up everybody into the dragon. That shit is phenomenal. Um, and after that, I'm gonna go be cheap and go with Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, which is just a black version of the same concept <laughs> from every Bruce Lee movie. But he was giving everybody the hands. He gave showing off the hands. Uh, he caught a bullet with his teeth. What more do you want? This is this is a three-two <laughs> athlete. He, he he can give you everything. He was giving people all kind of work, and he was a nice guy about it. He was trying not to do it. He was trying to convince people not to fight him. But when the fight started, he was giving people the hands. He got the girl in the end. Bruce Leroy is the greatest of all. For my final pick for best hands draft, I'm going with J.P. Pruitt, um, David Duchovny from Zoolander. <laughs> I don't remember the, him fighting. Does he fight? No, he's literally a hand model. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I get I'll it. allow it. That's I'm going fine. with that. J.P. Pruitt from... Uh, my other pick was Edward Scissorhands, but I feel like this one's more. <laughs> uh, let's see. Can we can we pick John Wick? Does that count as having hands? Let's go. With yeah, he'd be, be he'd be beating the shit out of people. I mean, he's shooting them. He's shooting them after he beats the shit out of them. But first, he beats the shit out of them. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, John Wick. Let's go with that. I feel like I've got. My team is beating the fuck out of y'all's teams. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have Bruce Lee and Bruce Leroy. How are you going to beat my team? I have Francis and Ganu. Y'all gave me Beatrix Kiddo and John Wick, bro. <laughs> like, everybody <laughs> dying this motherfucker. I'm sorry. Everybody dead. It's over. I don't know how uh, you're going to And go fucking Maximus from Gladiator. Like, <laughs> you might have a super team. You might be the you might be the eighteen warriors. You might be the eighteen warriors. That's crazy. Can't be touched, <laughs> let alone killed. I don't know how you're going to be the literal hand model, but like whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So that has been our uh, best hands draft. Just good to get back in the swing of things with some drafts every now and again. We're kind of phasing them out, bringing them back every now and again, but. Uh, just depends on if we have a funny one that we like to, that we like to do. But um, yeah, that has been the Northman review. Uh, go check it out. I would I would genuinely highly recommend going and checking it out in the theater, biggest screen possible. And if not, to be completely honest, it'd probably be dope on streaming too. Whenever it comes out, yeah. So, like I, I can't wait to watch this again and again. I'll probably buy this on. I Blu-ray, can't to be wait with you. Yeah, just so I can have it <laughs> whenever I don't know what this will come out on or who will buy it. But uh, it, whenever this does come out, I, I genuinely think it's going to be on something lame. 
It's gonna be on like I don't care where it's at. I'm gonna be watching that shit. Peacock. I gotta re- I gotta rewatch this again and again. This shit's gonna be fire. Peacock, yeah. Um, yeah, the scene feels like a Hulu movie. It feels like this should be on Hulu. But anyway, uh yeah, I would I would we all highly recommend seeing this. Stay Go to the movies and see something. Say th- see this things. month. There's there are multiple properties out this month. Y'all saw uh unbearable weight of massive talent. talent. Yeah. Yes, I was gonna make a joke, pretty good. I didn't want to. Very, very <laughs> self-aware, very Nicolas Cage. Uh it's pretty good. It's uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, if you saw the trailer for that and you're like, oh, that might be fun, it's exactly what you think it's gonna be. So yes, it's it, it is not I, deviated from that. I enjoyed it. Uh, everything everywhere all at once. We told y'all how much we love that movie. Yep. You can go see that shit. Uh, if he got kids, so, apparently can, Bad Guys is good. Apparently, yeah. I was yeah. about to say, if you got kids, taking the Bad Guys. I still haven't seen that. I haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog too. But you know, people don't hate that movie. Go see something right now, man. Movies are back, baby. It's gonna be a great year for movies. We, I, TJ and I bitched and moaned about how last year wasn't a good year for movies. It's a good time year now. For movies already. Real, real cinema is back. Real cinema is back, and then we got Doctor Strange two dropping, and like this is actually a couple weeks. Like this summer, the blockbuster stuff. I mean, we got two Marvel movies, so obviously that's like huge blockbuster stuff. But other than that, it's like a lot of like just good ass, like nerdy ass cinema coming out in the next like few months. So, and I still got to rewatch the Batman. I've only watched it the one time mm-hmm. it's on HBO now, so you can stream it. I need to get back in there. Uh, real cinema is really back guys. We're about Streets to have a fucking fun time. Fed. Let's go. Right. We're about to have a fun time this year. You can find us at one take pod, one take pod on Instagram, one take pod on Twitter. Uh, this usually the number one take pod. Please leave us uh, reviews on iTunes and Spotify, wherever you listen to us. So we really appreciate that. Help us beat the allegations. Allegations, as always. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate we really appreciate any of those reviews. And, and you can leave a five star or however many stars you want to on Spotify now. So we really do appreciate that. Helps us get out there. Uh, we are close to 600 followers on Twitter after so many years of doing this and just literally grinding trying to swag build a brand from the from and the completely out the mud yeah um so yeah so go follow us on twitter one take pod we really appreciate it dex where can they find the rest of our uh, apollo content yeah follow the whole team at apollo hou you can follow all the pop culture stuff at watch with apollo twitter and instagram um you can go to the website and read our reviews and shit we write a lot of those apollo hou.com and you can buy merch all the dopest Houston merch. We just dropped a Jeremy Pangan shirt today. We got a bunch of other Houston shit out there. Use promo code one take pod O N E T A K E P O D for 10% off in the store. Shout out. Let's go. Uh, Northman review probably coming tomorrow. Um, I work Let's at go. 4 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday, so I couldn't write this right after I watched this movie. So, Northman review probably coming soon, so stay tuned for that in which I will talk about the death of cinema as we know it. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for liking, subscribing, and thanks for all this. Hashtag support for us, Q, baby. We out here. Let's go. She would have been great in this movie. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Hurt for this shit. My lord. Anyway, we're out. I guess mama was right. Cause when the clock strikes midnight, gonna ride the lightning, feel the thunder, till the night.
darkness pulls me under Gonna fly on wings of fire Breathing good, Lord, lifts me higher Singing, oh, when they call me With a pen in his hand and a long list of lost souls. They say he flips the corn fours out of fool's gold. There's a man in a black coat standing at a crossroads. I hope he lets me pass by. When I close my eyes, I'm gonna ride the lightning, feel the thunder, till the darkness pulls. Fly